0: We pick up our story in the 16th chapter of Judges. Uh, After this, Samson fell in love with a woman in the valley of Sorek, whose name was Delilah. The lords of the Philistines came to her and said to her, Coax him and find out what makes his strength so great and how we may overpower him so that we may bind him in order to subdue him, and we will each give you 1,100 pieces of silver. So Delilah said to Samson, Please tell me what makes your strength so great and how you could be bound so that one could subdue you. Samson said to her, If they bind me with seven fresh bowstrings that are not dried out, then I shall become weak and be like anyone else. So the lords of the Philistines brought her seven fresh bowstrings that had not dried out, and she bound him with them. While men were lying in wait in an inner chamber, she said to him, The Philistines are upon you, Samson. But he snapped the bowstrings as a strand of fiber snaps when it touches the fire. So the secret of his strength was not known. Pause in the reading. I'm going to skip ahead here because it's a rather circular story. Three times Delilah asks Samson for the secret to his strength. Three times he tells her something else. Until at last he tells her the truth that it's all about his hair. So of course she arranges for his head to be shaved while he sleeps. Let's not get tied up in how exactly one could sleep through such a thing. But that's how the story goes and the third of Samson's Nazarite vows is broken, and with it goes his immense strength. And we pick up the story in the final chapter here. So the Philistines seized him and gouged out his eyes, and they brought him down to Gaza and bound him with bronze shackles, and he ground at the mill in the prison. But the hair of his head began to grow again after it had been shaved. Now the lords of the Philistines gathered to offer a great sacrifice to their god Dagon and to rejoice, for they said, our God has given Samson into our hand. And when their hearts were merry, they said, call Samson and let him entertain us. So they called Samson out of the prison and he performed for them. They made him stand between the pillars, and Samson said to the attendant who held him by the hand, let me feel the pillars on which the house rests, so that I may lean against them. Now the house was full of men and women. All the lords of the Philistines were there, and on the roof there were about 3,000 men and women who looked on while Samson performed. Then Samson called to the Lord and said, Lord God, remember me. And strengthen me only this once, so that with this one act of revenge I may pay back the Philistines for my two eyes. And Samson grasped the two middle pillars on which the house rested, and he leaned his weight against them, his right hand on the one and his left hand on the other. Then Samson said, Let me die with the Philistines. And he strained with all his might, and the house fell on the Lord's and all the people who were in it. So those who died were more than those he had killed during his life. Then his brothers and all his family came down and took him and buried him in the tomb of his father Manoah. He had judged Israel for 20 years. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. All right. Do we have any Johnny Cash fans? Many, all right. Well, um, I apologize for what's about to happen here, but um, we're gonna sing some Johnny Cash, I think. But uh, that is way too much color for the man in black right there, so I'm gonna have to put that aside. All right, there we go. Hello. I'm Johnny Cash. There's a little song called Samson Prison Blues. Philistines are a-comin', I hear them round the bend, and I ain't seen the sunshine since I don't know when. I'm stuck in the cleft of Edom, and time keeps dragging on. But that train keeps rolling. On down to Hebron, I fell in love with Delilah, she told me many lies. She shaved off all my hair, then they gouged out both my eyes. Well, I know I had it coming, I know I can't be free. Well, the Lord's kept on moving, and that's what tortures me if god freed me from this prison if god made me strong once more i could tumble this whole temple right on top them philistine lords far from the house of dagon that's where i want to stay and i'd let that lonesome whistle blow my blues away I, um, I would like to enter that not even seeded vocal performance against Naria's number one seed vocal performance later in the service. I don't think I'm going to win that one. <laughs> All right. John R. Cash famously sang I Walk the Line as a love song to his wife. But there's a very different line, I would say, that he ended up walking instead. It's a line that very few people get to walk in this world, but from time to time, circumstances conspire and they take an ordinary life and they catapult it into the realm of myth. So much so that over time, the real person starts to drain away and what remains is the legend. It's like 12-year-old Cassius Clay, who fell into boxing quite by accident after his bike got stolen, but he becomes swaggering Muhammad Ali, a legend. And you're not J.R. Cash, a purveyor of country-tinged pop, but you put a black suit, black shirt, black tie on, and you play before the inmates at Folsom Prison, and suddenly you become the man in black, a legend. That's the line that Samson walked as well. And when you become a legend, the real story, well, it gets a little fuzzy. There's a whole lot going on in the Samson story, but the main theme that emerges is one of wasted potential. Samson had every gift he needed to become a great leader. He's a Nazarite from birth. He's set apart as holy. It would be fair to say he's a capable warrior. And he must be reasonably charming. He's clever. He's an excellent trickster. We didn't read this part, but he hilariously rips the gates of a Philistine city out of the ground and he carries them to his home in Israel, which is this play on a euphemism that when you conquer someone, you possess their gates. So he has so much going for him. He could have been a fantastic leader, but he's not. Now, if you pay attention to the one and only part of his story that is most often told, the, the Delilah debacle, you might be saying to yourself, leadership potential? That guy must have been strong. He may have been strong, but he was dumber in a doornail. Four times Delilah asks him for the secret of his strength. And four times, she sells him out to the Philistines. You'd think the man would notice a pattern, but for whatever reason, Samson simply cannot stay away from the people who seek to do him harm. Now, if I were being consistent, there's some Johnny Cash song that would be right for Samson at this moment, but I think our anti-hero could have used this gem from Taylor Swift, We are never, ever, ever getting back together. That's what he should have done. But in many ways, that's the point. The book of Judges charts this downward spiral, not just for Samson, but for the whole people of God. Samson's really just a reflection of all Israel, set apart, so very gifted, yet always slipping into selfish pursuits. Now, by all outward appearances, Samson looks like a hero, he sounds like a hero, but ultimately he does not act like a hero. He squanders that immense potential, he's a shell of the person he could have been. And yet, there's still good news to be had in this story, because even in his lowest moment, bound and blinded before his enemies, God still works even through him. Part of the legend of Johnny Cash is his turning point at Nickajack Cave near his home in Tennessee, it was 1967, and like Samson, with his hair shaved off, Cash was a pale reflection of his former self. He was strung out on amphetamines, his career nearly washed out. He could hardly stand on stage, much less sing, on account of all that hard living. And he would later say that his body had wasted away to leather and bones. He was alienated from the people who loved him the most. As the story goes, he drove his car east from his Tennessee home, and he parked it on the side of the road, and he pushed through thorns and brush to get to the mouth of Nickajack Cave, a cave that was scheduled to be flooded by the Army Corps of Engineers later that year. And he walked into the dark of that cave without food or flashlight, and he really expected to just end it there. And in his own words, let God put him wherever he put people like me. He just wanted all of that shame to be swallowed up in the dark of that cavern. But in the myth-making story of the man in black, that was not going to be his end. John felt this unmistakable sensation as an impulse to get up, to seek the light of day. Of course, by now, he was so deep in the twists and turns of that cave that it was hard to make heads or tails of which direction to go, but he started to feel his way along the walls, first one way and then another. And then he felt a slight breath of wind, and so he followed that until he saw a faint glimmer of light from outside. And when he finally emerged from the cave into the light of day, again the story, June Carter, wife to be, was approaching the cave with a basket of food and a bottle of water. And as she drove him back home, he says, I'm not going back to what I was before. That's the story. Now, how much of that is true? It's hard to say. Probably not much of it. But that's how legends work. They're a little fuzzy around the edges. But what this story suggests is a yearning that is so very human that we all long to have a second chance, a chance to undo what you have done, a chance to reshape the person you have become. Samson stood between those pillars about as low as the man have could have become. His strength diminished, his potential squandered, and yet God met him there, and God listened to his prayer, and God gave him the power to do the one thing he was meant to do, strength to be the person he was always meant to be, the one to deliver Israel from its enemies. You know, we may not walk the line very well at all. But the good news is that God walks the line of absolute faithfulness, even to we who are chronically unfaithful. Now, we may lazily assume that that is the line that separates the saints from the sinners. But the truth is that that's a line that more often runs right down the middle of each one of us. That picture of Johnny Cash in your bulletin comes from the cover of his late career comeback, the first of what would become a six installment series called the American Recordings. The man in black, he's he gestures mysteriously to these dogs sitting at his feet. About that photo, Cash said, Like the dogs on my album cover, one's black with a white stripe and one's white with a black stripe. I named one sin and the other redemption. But like me, neither dog is all one way or the other. The good news to be found in this odd story of this truly exhausting anti-hero is that nobody is ever beyond God's reach. Nobody is beyond God's purpose. The good news is that God has not and will not give up on you. So thanks and all praise to God who takes us where we are, as we are, because that is the most legendary thing of all. Amen.